Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. My name is Tiana Fesh. I'm a mom of three, an educator, a course development consultant, and a lifelong learner. Teaching and learning can take place anytime, anywhere, and in a multitude of ways. The range of knowledge and skills to teach and to learn about are truly limitless. But at the heart of all teaching and learning experiences are the people. The People Teaching People podcast is the place to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of teaching and learning in a world where there is always more to discover. Education plays an important and integral role in all facets of our lives. How we work, do business, live, play, explore, and build relationships. Let's talk teaching and learning together. Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. Joining me on the podcast is Afton Brazzoni. Afton is the founder of Scribe National, a content studio that helps B2B companies and entrepreneurs catapult their sales with undeniable brand messaging, strategic content plans, and impeccable writing. With 12 years of experience in marketing and communications, Afton's mission is to help her clients unleash their brilliance with a written word. She's had the pleasure of working with over 50 clients worldwide during her three years as founder of Scribe National, the majority being repeat customers, including billion-dollar enterprises and others among Canada's 50 fastest-growing companies. Afton is a passionate writer and storyteller who started perfecting her craft even in childhood. In this episode, Afton talks about creating high-value content, infusing storytelling strategies in your brand messaging, and she shares some great tips and tricks when it comes to content marketing. Thank you so much for joining me, Afton. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So where I like to always start is to learn more about my guests and their stories. And so I wanted to ask you what sparked your interest in content marketing and what led you to create your own content studio? Oh, this is a great question. So really my interest in content marketing began, well, I mean, I would tie it back to childhood because I always say, you know, I've been a storyteller and a writer since I was a kid. So I think that my interest in connecting with people, you know, telling their stories has been a lifelong passion, really. I often tell a little story about how when I was a kid, I wrote my first book in a hardcover notebook um, in pencil, and it was a book about horses. And I had glued three little popsicle sticks to the cover to represent a stable. So I was, you know, I was creative from a young age. And I think, I think it was just a way of connecting with people. And so that evolved over the years. I knew pretty early on what I wanted to do for a living. And so I knew that I wanted to go to journalism school and be a foreign correspondent. And so I did go to journalism school, the foreign correspondent thing never happened. <laughs> um, I did work in local news for a bit and was a freelance reporter for a bit. And that eventually made its way into public relations, which was pretty common at the time. So this was back during the 
Great Recession. And so a lot of journalists were switching over into PR, which was what we called switching over into the dark side at the time. But uh, so I made that move. And then from there, it was kind of a natural progression into marketing. And so I found myself, you know, I had been in the in the industry of communications and marketing for 10 years. This was back in 2019. And I found myself in a job that, you know, I, I enjoyed and I loved my team, but I wasn't doing as much writing as, you know, I really wanted to do, which is honestly, I could, I could write all day, every day. So I don't know if it's ever enough. Um, but anyway, I wanted to be doing more writing. And so I had been freelancing off and on over that whole 10 years. And I decided to kind of pick it back up a little more. It was very, very casual. Um, so I just decided to actually kind of brand it, right? That's where it often starts, right? Is with our brand. And I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I started my company called Scribe National in September of 2019. And at the time it was a side gig because I still had my full-time job. And within about two months, it was really taking off. And I, you know, I was like, okay, I need to kind of do something with this here. And so I went down to 20 hours a week at my day job and uh, I worked on Scribe in the remainder of the time. But even that, you know, it was, it was getting pretty clear that I was going to need to make the choice to either go full time with this business or it wasn't going to sort of um, flourish to its full potential, I guess you could say. And of course, we all know what happened shortly after that in March of 2020. And so the organization I was working at laid off 75% of staff. I was one of them. And it was honestly such a blessing in disguise because I had been needing to decide what to do with this business. And so suddenly I had all the time in the world to work on it. And yeah, that's really how it got started. Uh yeah, I'll leave it there for now. We can, you know, we can delve into more details later. <laughs> well, and I have to ask you, do you still have your book about horses? You know what? I do somewhere. I, I'm not totally sure where it is, but I followed it up, funnily enough, with a book about dogs in 2019 called Shop Dogs of Canmore. I was living in the mountain town of Canmore, Alberta at the time. And this book actually made it onto CTV National News. So I think I was on to something with the horses, but it just took a while for it to come full circle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, and were there any popsicle sticks on the cover of book two? No, no. Okay. no I had a great illustrator <laughs> to help me out with that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, I'd love to see that book sometime. If you find it, I'd be very curious to, to take a look. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'll story. send you a picture if I find it. <laughs> <laughs> now, teaching and learning are a part of your business. I always love to kind of poke around uh, at my guest websites and social media. And I see that you have a brand for demand program, as well as two live workshops that you can deliver either virtually or in person. So on content marketing foundations and content market marketing mastery. So I'm just curious why you decided to create these learning opportunities as a part of your business and what you've learned by creating and delivering these programs. Oh my gosh, I have learned a ton. So to answer the first part of your question, I found, well, so I'll start with this. You know, we've worked with everyone from billion dollar companies to solopreneur startups at Scribe National. And it's, you know, I think that while 
I try to keep our services pretty streamlined because I believe in being excellent at what we do. And so we don't offer tons of services. But one thing I did notice was really this need for two options, I guess you could say, of the method of delivery. And so what I mean by that is we have our done-for-you services and so if, if somebody wants to come in and they just want their brand messaging, their content strategy, or their content writing done for them, you know, we do that all day. That's, that's what we're all about. But uh, actually around the beginning of this year, I was finding that, you know, there really seemed to be an opportunity to have a done with you learning style option for people. And I actually have been delivering speaking and training. I mean, not for that long in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I mean, Scribe itself is only three years old. But in January of 2021, I made this decision that I wanted to push myself outside my comfort zone and that speaking would be the thing to do that. And so Lindsay Berry of YYC Fempreneurs, who I know you know as well, was putting on a leadership and marketing conference. And so I decided to sign up for it. It was the first ever event that I spoke at. Thank goodness it was virtual because I would have been even more nervous if it hadn't have been. Um, but from that really came out uh, this just this real enjoyment. And yeah, it was just such a wonderful experience teaching on the subject of brand messaging and content strategy. And so I thought, you know, how can I do this more? And brand for demand, although it, had, it would be about a year before I would create Brand for Demand at that point. So I, I actually just created and launched the program in the spring of this year. That really came out of both this need that I had seen for instead of a done for you service, something that's a little more accessible, something that enables entrepreneurs to really gain messaging and strategy skills on their own. You know, because there is a lot of value in having someone do it for you. Obviously, if you're strapped for time, if you've got the budget, that's great. You know, there's there's a lot of great things that can come out of that. But I think for business owners, it's extremely important to actually have a handle on these things yourself. Even if you are eventually going to hire someone to do it for you, having a deep knowledge of your own brand messaging and your own content strategy, the way you're going to reach your clients, you just can't beat that, right? You have to know those things yourself. And so that's what Brand for Demand really provides. Um, and now in terms of what I learned from the experience, I think it's, oh my gosh, it was creating and launching the program. It was so all consuming. And it's funny because by the time I was doing that, so earlier this year, the content studio side of our business, you know, it's, it's running along smoothly and it's been very successful. And so I think I kind of had forgotten sort of the extremely heavy lift that is required because it was almost like a new business. You know, even though it's part of Scribe National, it's very connected to our expertise, to what we do. It still felt like creating this whole new business. And I think, yeah, I think that experience was just don't underestimate, you know, how much work. And, and I think I, I really admire people who create programs and who create these rich learning experiences because there's a lot that goes into it. And of course, I don't have to tell you, but it's, yeah, there's so much that goes into it. And just thinking of every little detail um, and just, you know, the marketing of it, especially as well, is such a huge endeavor. But I think another thing that I learned that maybe I wasn't even expecting was how much I would love delivering the program. 
And so we've had the one group, the first group of seven people went through in the spring. Now I've just started again last week, actually, with another group of five. And so, yeah, it's pretty crazy how you can just have an idea. And then all of a sudden, it's this real thing that's out into the world. Yeah, it is amazing when you have that idea in your head, and then you put it out there, and then people actually go through it with you. And I bet there was so much learning as well that came out of that first experience with your first group of seven and and uh, just seeing it all play out in real life must have been pretty exciting. Yeah, it really was. It's incredible because you're sort of co-creating it, right? Um, because it's obviously there's so much of you as the creator that you put into it. But I think that the participants obviously bring so much as well and they help shape it too. So yeah, it was a really great experience. That's fantastic. And yes, it is a lot of work. So kudos to you for getting that idea out there in the world and then having it run for a second time this fall. That is amazing. (laughs) Now, uh, with so much content coming at us daily and people's attention spans becoming seemingly shorter, uh, I definitely noticed that with my three children. <laughs> um, <laughs> long form written content is still an effective part of content marketing. So I'd love to know some examples of long form written content and how it can be used effectively to illuminate a brand. Oh, yes. I love this topic. I am 100% a long form girl. And although I, you know, I do agree, it's certainly, there's actually a lot of misconception out there about this because what you said is definitely accurate. People's attention spans are certainly becoming shorter. There is a lot of competition just in terms of what's out there for people to consume. And, you know, your content has to be really good if you want to grab their attention. And so I think, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about two things. I am definitely going to talk about long form and I'll give you some examples right now, but I also want to talk about like what can make that successful. And so when I'm referring to long form content, I am typically referring to things like long form blog posts. So at least a thousand words um, or longer, you know, could get up to 2,500 words. I'm referring to written customer stories you know, that tell a whole story of where your client was at before you showed up on the scene and sort of the result and the transformation that you helped them accomplish. And I'm also talking about things like eBooks. So that could be a downloadable lead magnet, something that people uh, sign up for to get on your email list and also get the content or something like a white paper, which is a more technical kind of research paper that people can really dive into and learn something about a given industry topic or solution. And um, because Scribe primarily works with B2B companies, so business to business, long form content is extremely popular in that industry. It definitely is less so in B2C. And I, again, my specialty is not there, so I can speak more to B2B. But those are the three types of long form content that we focus on and that we see a lot of. It doesn't mean that they can't incorporate other things. So, for example, a written case study could also incorporate a video, you know, and that's very common. We're seeing that a lot. We're seeing people use infographics in their content. Um, certainly in something like a white paper, you want to have beautiful eye catching design and you want to have a lot of white space. But when it comes to the long form content itself and kind of why this is still working, even in a world where a 15 second video might seem like the thing that you need to put out, 
Um, it's about, well, first of all, it's about really understanding the needs of your audience and how that content is going to serve them because you can have, you know, it's the same situation with a 15 second video or with a 3000 word white paper. If it's not relevant to your audience, it's not going to resonate with them and it's not going to bring in revenue for your company. And so I think it's about understanding that no matter how much content we want to publish, I mean, the book is the ultimate long form content, right? And we still have people sitting down with books all of the time and just like vigorously consuming them. And it's because what's in that book is of interest to the reader. And so you've got to think about your content in the same way. So making sure that, you know, first of all, that it's relevant to the person that you're trying to target. And then I think secondly, you know, really the hook. So well, beyond the hook also for things like white papers or ebooks, like a very clear, but also compelling title, you know, people need to understand what they're going to get from this content, especially if they're going to invest quite a bit of time in their day to read it. They need to know it's going to be worth it and they need to know what they're going to get out of it. So I think just thinking of some of those things like that alignment with your audience, the clarity, you know, a clarity always over creativity. And I actually say this as a creative person, it is so much more important to have a clear title or subtitle for your content than it is to have a catchy one, because if people don't understand what it's about, they're not going to read it. So yeah, I think just some of those foundational things can actually, you, you may be surprised, you know, if you've yet to try long form content in your own business, you may be surprised at how effective it can really be as long as it's actually useful for the reader. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. So really being, you know, user, customer, uh, learner focused. So making that that title really clear so that they understand what they're going to get out of it when they read it and then providing that value or answering those questions or providing those resources and support that they're looking for. That's great advice. And you're right. If somebody's really interested in something, that 15 second video may not be enough of what they need to really understand and kind of take that deeper dive into that topic or uh, of interest or th those questions that they're asking and looking for answers for. So thank exactly. you for sharing. No, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you'd mentioned this a little bit in what you've been talking about, but storytelling is one of my favorite teaching and learning strategies. I just think that there's something about teaching with stories that gets people to sit up and pay attention and soak it all in. So I'd love for you to share your thoughts on how storytelling plays a role in connecting with and teaching people about a brand or a business. Oh, goodness. Yeah, does it ever play a role? I'm so glad to hear that you're passionate about this topic, too, because I definitely am. So I think one of the things that we really need to understand as business owners um, or marketers for that matter, you know, anyone who is promoting a business and particularly in B2B, particularly when there's a higher ticket investment, right? Or, you know, even if it's not, um, consumers have a ton of choice these days. So to build brand affinity, which is what we talk about as the know, like, and trust factor in your marketing, storytelling is the perfect place to start. It's the perfect place to start because if people don't know you, they can't trust you. And if they don't trust you, they won't buy from you. And so in order for them to get to know you, there's really no better way. You know, you could you could take one of two approaches, right? You could tell them a really compelling, memorable story that's going to stick in their mind and then it's going to make them think, 
oh, you know, she was the one who wrote a book about horses when she was a kid. Like just, I mean, not that that's the best story ever, but it's, it's a great example. Right. And, you know, or you could just sort of rattle off a bunch of facts and figures. And there's certainly a place for things like that, but storytelling is what endears people to your brand. So it's, you know, it's really this kind of age old, I mean, literally for, I think it's, 40,000 years. I mean, don't quote me on that, but I, I was doing some research about storytelling actually for one of the modules in my brand for demand program and talking about, you know, why it's so effective. It's in our DNA. It's something that we've been doing, certainly not only in the form of long form written content, but that's one of the good ways to do it. But it's, it's something that we've been doing both visually and verbally forever, right? For such a long time. And so I think it's not only it's clear that, you know, it's in our DNA. People love stories. It helps build trust. It helps build recognition. Um, and I mean, quite frankly, it's just more interesting, right? Then telling a story is just a more interesting way of connecting with people. And so again, when we are dealing with this online landscape of just, you know, constant bombardment of TikTok videos or Instagram stories or what have you, how do you stand out? And so storytelling is, you know, it's just a great way to actually stand above the noise that's kind of going on out there these days. Yeah, no, I really agree. They can just be so compelling. And those facts and figures, they sort of disappear. But those stories, I can even think back to growing up and some of the stories my favorite teachers told or, um, you know, just stories that I remember, like inspiring speakers sharing and just how much they really resonate. Maybe I saw something in that story in myself or really connected with something or I was just awe, like in awe or really inspired by it. Or maybe it was, you know, just unbelievable, an experience that they had or the list goes on and on. Stories are incredible and so powerful for sure. Yes, definitely. Now, relationships are also very central to effective teaching and learning and to a successful business as well. So how would content marketing play a crucial role for businesses in building meaningful connections with their clients? It definitely does. I would say, you know, what I try to, so when, when I come across someone who maybe is just hearing about it for the first time, what I actually equate content marketing to is relationship building. So I think this is such a relevant question. And so if you think about it this way, a business has, you know, really two main types of marketing, inbound marketing and outbound marketing. So with something like outbound, it's more about, you know, kind of going out to the market with, Hey, look at me, you know, we're over here, buy from us. Um, sort of those more traditional salesy advertising and, and not that there's, you know, anything inherently wrong with that. Um, we definitely all could benefit from advertising our businesses. It's an important part of the marketing mix. However, those outbound tactics are meant to focus the attention on you and they are not meant to serve the customer or the client or the person on the other end of that relationship, right? They're about us as the business, as the business owner. And so in contrast, you have inbound marketing. And so inbound marketing, which is what content marketing is a form of, is something that is when you think about like attraction marketing, right? Attracting bees to honey or whatever the saying is, you know, it's about, it's about bringing people to you. 
and you bring them to you by, again, we talked about value earlier. We talked about stories. We talked about having something to offer, you know, being relatable, being trustworthy. And so content marketing does all of that for your business. It's not about, you know, look at my company, look at our service, look at what we can do. Now, of course, indirectly and sort of in an underlying way, there should absolutely be a way for people to find out information about your company through your content marketing. But that's not really the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to educate people or to help them solve problems or, you know, to do both. And so it's it puts the focus on what is good and beneficial for the audience, for the reader, for the person engaging with the content instead of sort of this more self-serving, you know, what's going to help us promote our brand today, right? So it's, yeah, it's that inbound, that relationship focused um, piece of marketing. And we can really see, you know, content marketing just skyrocketing in popularity over the years. Content is everywhere. Um, This podcast is a form of content marketing. And yeah, it's just about serving and it's about helping and educating. Yeah, no, there is that. So much to be said for kind of having those two approaches, I think. And I really like the way that you broke them down and explained them so well. So thank you. (laughs) Now, as business owners and in general, there can be so much learned from the questions that we are asked. And I know I'm sure in your course that you've led and are leading now, you've experienced that. But just in general, what are some of the questions you hear most often about content marketing from your clients or in your course? Yeah, well, I think one of the biggest things that people always want to know is, of course, how it's going to drive revenue. And so as a business owner, you know, it's always very, very important to be able to explain as best as possible how your service, you know, benefits, benefits your clients and not every service that someone offers is going to have an end sort of monetary benefit. But when it comes to marketing, that's what most, most people and most business owners are looking for. Um, And the answer to that question really is it can, it can either be simple or it can be much less so. And traditionally it is difficult to tie content marketing directly to revenue. So what I try to do is I try to kind of help people think about, okay, if your investment in a piece of content is X amount of money, how, and then you you have to, you've got, so you've got to know your own numbers, right? So I, I ask them, you know, if your investment is X amount of money, how much is your average deal size? And so if your average deal size is 10 times more than that, well, it would take you making one sale to get a 10 to one ROI on your content marketing. So that's just an example. Sometimes it's a lot more difficult. Like when it comes to things like brand awareness, you know, that's very hard to measure. Um, but it's also extremely, extremely important. And I mean, I could talk about this kind of thing all day, but so that's one, one big question is around content and revenue and sort of where's the line that ties between those two things. Another question I get asked all the time (laughs) is if my company offers social media services. We do not. Um, And so social media and content marketing, you know, they're definitely related because social media is a form of content. But I think it's really important for people to understand that social media is completely its own world, its own specialty. And oftentimes when we're talking about content marketing, we're talking more broadly you know, about a strategy strategy that should really include a variety of things. And so I'll give a couple examples. So 
again, like I, I am a long form written content girl. So we're, we're definitely talking about blog posts. We're definitely talking about case studies, about white papers. Uh, as I referenced earlier, this podcast, you know, we're talking about that. We're talking about videos. Um, content marketing can take so many different forms and shapes, but I think people often just try to draw an immediate connection to social media. So that's kind of a little bit of a, a misconception. It's one type of marketing, but they're, they're not the same thing. Um, of course, email is in the mix there as well. Email is an important part of your strategy. And I mean, I think in terms of other questions, like I think it would just be important to, to help people know kind of how they can get started with content marketing. And I think that the first thing you need to do is start with your brand identity way before like people are very excited. Of course, they're eager. They want to start marketing and that's, that's totally understandable. But the brand identity being both the visual and the verbal written messaging aspect of the identity, which often gets forgotten, but is critical. Those need to be in place before you should try to do any content marketing, you know, because if you don't have a clear, well-defined brand identity, the marketing isn't going to be anywhere near as effective as it could be if you do. So you need the, the, you know, the brand identity, which includes the messaging. Then you need the content strategy. That's really, really key. Again, don't start marketing without a strategy. And so I think the content creation piece actually comes much later in the game than a lot of us maybe want. Um, so that's just another thing about how to get started that I think uh, would be important for people to know. But yeah, those are probably some of the main questions. Those are some good questions and some great answers as well. But yeah, it is funny how oftentimes the same questions come up again and again. And yeah, it's uh, it's interesting just as people are learning and navigating that journey for the first time and, and trying to prioritize and take that meaningful action in their in their business. Now, when we are learning something new or we're navigating something outside of our area of expertise, it can obviously help to have a checklist or a toolbox of strategies at our disposal. So I wanted to pick your brain on some key tips that could help people improve their content marketing. Yeah. So I think I would just actually quickly repeat, like have your messaging, your brand identity, have your strategy. Um, and then I think, you know, being attuned to the landscape, right? So I always, as part of our content strategy process, we always do a competitive content analysis. And that it's, you know, it's partially, of course, looking at what else is out there in terms of what's working with marketing, maybe where there's some gaps, maybe there's a topic that for some reason, you're just shaking your head, wondering why nobody else in your industry is talking about it, but you have a really bold, specific point of view on this topic. Those kind of things are content marketing gold. You know, anytime you can, and I'm not saying you need to be like contrarian just for the sake of it, but anytime there is something where you notice like, hey, this, this issue keeps recurring in my industry. Maybe you find that clients have certain concerns that are popping up over and over and over. Um, you know, for example, with financial advisors, I, I have a wonderful client. I was writing a blog recently. It was all about sort of like this lack of transparency around fees in the industry. That's just an example. Whatever industry you work in, maybe there's something where you're like, why is no one talking about this? Why is no one addressing this? Definitely try to get those things into your content. Um, and that's where the competitive analysis can be really helpful of knowing what's out there and what's not out there. The other way it can be helpful is actually to understand what your own marketing has been like. You know, we're so busy that I think it can be really um, we feel the pressure to sort of just produce more content. But 
I think it's extremely beneficial to actually take a pause and look back at, okay, what in my marketing over the past 90 days really resonated with my audience? What didn't work so well? Like what were people seeming to be not very interested in? If we don't take the time to evaluate those things, we're missing an opportunity to have, you know, better performance in the future. So just take the time to gather that insight. It's super valuable. And, you know, I think just never underestimating the power of what our audience is telling us. So make sure that we're not creating content in a vacuum, you know, make sure that we're actually taking the time to have conversations with customers, uh, with clients, with partners, even with people who you haven't worked with, but maybe want to work with um, and find out what matters to them. Because again, the whole point of content marketing is to produce what's of value to your audience. So we've got to be asking them, you know, what do you actually want to see and what's important to you? I could certainly go on forever and ever, but those are a couple of good tips. No, those are fantastic. And it's so fun. I see so many overlaps in sort of the teaching and learning world, sorry, but it's just the idea that, um, you know, taking that time to pause and reflect and to seek that feedback and to, you know, reflect on your journey. And as you said, what's working, what's not working and to hear from the the people that you're sharing all these wonderful pieces of content marketing with to kind of get a sense of, as you said, what's resonating, what questions are coming up for them, what are they wanting to know more about, what are they not as interested in. But it's uh, when I when I've worked with new student teachers who are teaching for the first time, I just see them powering through their lesson and just making sure they cover everything that they need to that's on their page of notes and they've gone through all their PowerPoint slides. And I just think, you know, I noticed that they haven't taken the time to kind of lift their eyes up and look around the room and kind of see how people are reacting or if people are completely lost and confused or all of those little things. So, um, yeah, that is so key to really seek that feedback and to do that pause and reflect. So I appreciate all the little tips that you've provided that people can add into their toolbox. Now, I wanted to ask you if you have a favorite teacher or learning experience um, and why that person or experience stands out for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this is a very timely question because I actually just recently finished a 12-month mastermind program, business coaching mastermind for women entrepreneurs that I was a part of. And the coach is Eleanor Beaton, and the program is The Incubator. And I just honestly can't recommend it enough. Um, and I think what stood out for me, I mean, there's several things. First of all, her intelligence and just level of knowledge about women entrepreneurs, like her company actually advises governments, um, organizations. I mean, it's, it's, it's just incredible. So I think that that's really key. And I would say that's something that, you know, I've, I've heard before is like, learn from a person who is where you want to be, right? Like, so just kind of keeping that in mind. And then I think another thing that really stood out about the experience was the aspect of community. And so just being able to, well, to, to mastermind, you know, to use it as a verb, um, with, with other women entrepreneurs who are very driven, who are trying things in their business, who are experiencing similar challenges. Um, yeah. And so that was, you know, that was huge. And that's also something that I actually received feedback on about my own program was the community. And I think sometimes 
we think so much about the learning and, and I mean, that is important. Like I love a good curriculum. I love to know what I'm going to get out of it, but it's, it's just also that community that really makes an experience. I think. Yeah. There, there really is something about going through an experience together with other people and sort of sharing that lived experience with them. You're going through a similar thing at the same time. It's, so incredibly powerful. And you're right, that masterminding, that sharing of ideas, that sharing of support is fantastic. And then having that uh, really strong leader to facilitate all the amazing magic that happens in the group is is fantastic. I will make sure to share um, your incubator experience in the, in the show notes yeah, <laughs> if other people are interested in checking that out as well. Now, when you look back at your journey so far, you've done many interesting things and made shifts and changes along the way. Uh, Is there something along your journey that you are most proud of? And it could be personal or professional or anything at all. Yeah, it has definitely been quite the journey. And it's funny because even though my business only just turned three, I don't know, I think because there was it was such a soul focus for me because of, you know, starting it really during the pandemic. And obviously there wasn't a whole lot else to do. Right. So it was kind of all consuming at the time. Um, and, you know, even thinking back before that, uh, I think, well, I think a couple of things stand out to me. So I would say just like that, I, I say this a lot, but writing is my absolute joy. And so I think having this like real deep love for the craft has been such a blessing because the fact, like, I, I just can't believe that I get to do this for a living. Like it's, it's incredible. So that's something that certainly stands out to me. And then I think, you know, what I would love as well to say just to other business owners and and something that has been integral to my own journey is just that, I guess it's like, it's, it's like cultivating this self-belief Um, even if, you know, you don't have all the answers, even if you don't know what the next bend around the road is going to look like, it's, it's that, um, I'm not the person who made up this term, but it's, it's taking that imperfect, messy action, right? And it's, it's believing that you are going to find a way, even if you don't know exactly what that way is going to be. And so I think without that, I definitely would not have the business that I have today at all. And then the third thing that I would say, which I also wouldn't have the business I have today, um, is that you just, I, I at least don't believe that we can do this alone. And so I think that having other people along the journey. And so whether that's like my husband who's listened to hours and hours and hours on end of me talking about my business or the coach that I just mentioned or my team who's, you know, taking so much writing work and, you know, carrying so much of the load of running that business, right. Of delivering the service to the clients and of making it happen. Um, And then of course the clients too, right. Who trust us to do the work that we do. And so I think it's just, I mean, as much as we might want to go it alone sometimes, I just think that it's so much stronger when we're, we're doing that with others. It really is. It's yeah. It's much more difficult to go it alone. For sure. Now, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. Ooh, let's do it. (laughs) First one is, what is something that you would love to learn about or something that you would love to learn how to do? Automation and funnels. I would love to get better at those. What is a place that is at the top of your travel bucket list? 
Patagonia. So I'm actually going there in the spring. So I, yeah. That's amazing. How long are you going for? Um, probably two to three weeks. It's not hundred percent planned yeah. out yet. Amazing. Japan is also on my list and I want to go there next fall, but I have like a million places on my list. <laughs> Japan just opened up to travel again, which is so exciting. So oh, yeah. yeah. What is a book podcast or TV show that you have enjoyed recently? Oh my gosh, so many. I am not going to list all of the true crime podcasts that I indulge in. Um, a podcast I really like is Chill and Prosper, I think it's called, by Denise Duffield Thomas. Uh, I just, I love her, well, her chill approach to entrepreneurship. And she's just so down to earth, so relatable. So yeah, that's something I really enjoy listening to. Not one I've heard of, but I'm going to need to check that out. I could use some more chill in my uh, business journey. So thank you. Oh, yeah. She's fantastic. <laughs> if you could sit down and have a conversation with someone that you would love to learn from, who would it be and why? Well, there's another coach. So I think you're seeing this theme of coaches that I admire, but there's another coach. Her name is Kelly Roach. And I actually read one of her books right when I was starting my business journey and it just had such an impact on me. So I think, you know, I'd love to be able to sit down with her. And maybe that can happen. Oh yes, I hope. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, education truly plays such an important and integral role in all facets of our lives. So how we work and live and play and explore. So do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom that could empower or support people in their own teaching and learning journeys? Yeah, I think, you know, you're so right that it, it plays a critical role. And just always keep learning. You know, I think that that has been key to my own evolution in my business. It's certainly something that when I look at people who I feel have been successful in their own businesses, it's because, you know, they're always like, you'd never stop and think that you have all the answers, you know, you're, and of course that doesn't mean like not to be confident in yourself, but it just means like seeking knowledge, right? Being curious, looking for a better way if there is one, um, looking for new information. And I also think something that's really important on the flip side of that is that sometimes we do want to filter that to an extent because, um, you know, as entrepreneurs, we talk a lot about shiny object syndrome, particularly in the marketing world. You think that like every new tactic is going to be the one that's just going to crack this code for your business. So I think it's, it's, it's being, you know, constantly learning, but doing it in a way that is discerning and that's smart and that isn't going to overwhelm you. And that's going to give you sort of what you need when you need it. That is good advice because you're right. It's so easy to look around and just see all these opportunities to learn. And then it's hard to really learn anything at all because you have your foot into so many doors and it's hard to kind of really get that meaningful learning to happen. So great advice. Thank you. Afton, I want to thank you so much for sharing your time and story and your words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and all the things that you're up to, where are the best places to find you? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's just been a, such a pleasure. So people can go to scribenational.ca where they can learn about our company, about our values, about our services, and they can read our blog. Or you can connect with me on Instagram at Afton Brizoni. And I'm also on LinkedIn, both uh, with my personal profile at Afton Brizoni and Scribe National's company page as well. 
Perfect. I'll make sure to share all those in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me, Often It was great to connect with you today and to learn from you. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for listening to the People Teaching People podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Tiana Fesh and on my website, tianafesh.com. I would love it if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore all things teaching and learning together.